Hello, winners, and welcome once again to the Wrong Button Podcast, where we talk all things nerd, most things video games, and today we're talking everything Star Wars with Tyler. Hi, everybody. Uh, oh, really? You say hello there when you greet me. You don't say hello there here. Well, I thought you were supposed to wait until the end. That's what Kenobi did, right? That is, <laughs> and we'll get we'll get into that one. Because, oh, God, that's so good. Um. So uh, this is uh, for everyone now, so that way if you're like, hey, I haven't seen it or I want to tune out, um, this is going to be the spoiler cast for Kenobi. Uh, everything will have aired for over a week now, uh, but we are going to talk the entire show, spoilers. Um, I want to try to keep it a little bit organized here, so I figured we'd do overall, um, over, overall, like, uh, how did you feel about it? Uh, then I would say we'll go into... Uh, characters, and then start going into specific pop plot points. All right, sounds beautiful. Let's so, uh, let's kick it off. <clears throat> overall, what do you think? Overall, I loved the series. Um, you know, as somebody who grew up with the prequel era, mm-hmm. uh, like most of us Star Wars fans out there, um, I was just in awe that we got to see you and McGregor on screen again as Obi Wan Kenobi. After what's it's been fifteen years? No, seventeen years since Revenge of the Sith came out. So, I mean, every time he was just on screen, my eyes, my pupils were just dilated. I love me some Ewan McGregor. He he is an absolutely holy crap that did come out in two thousand five, didn't it? Mm-hmm. He we're he old. is a gorgeous gorgeous individual. I know it's. And and the hair, they did it so well. They did it so well. We'll we'll get into the the flashback sequences with him and Hayden Christensen, because um, I I do have to admit I loved the memes that they created. Um, oh my god! Right. I, I know for me this was probably uh, the weakest starting series, uh, especially I'd say the first two episodes uh, as far as pacing and uh, one of the the issues with like trying to create artificial tension when we know how it's all going to end. Um, I Yeah, I see what you mean there. However, I will say um, from start to finish as a, as a hey, we're going to do a complete story. It wrapped itself up nicely and uh, I think it smells like it is the best ending of any Star Wars like series movie uh i think it is the the one with the strongest and the best ending you know i'm inclined to agree with you i would put it up there with rogue one um just because rogue one's third act is one to be rivaled within the star wars universe i mean it has a little bit of everything um capped off by uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen rogue one uh one of the best darth vader scenes to exist pre-kenobi um, where he's just cutting through people in a hallway. It's like mm-hmm. with a butter knife. That's what it looked like. It was just a butter knife. Uh, yeah, I would say like so far, uh, I, I will say the series included um, the the cast of character, uh, what they've done for Vader to make him this horrifying menace, especially because we see him, you know, as middle-aged, a little bit over the hill. Sorry, not even middle-aged. Like, we see him uh, 
fair enough over the hill. Um, our first sequence is him like s- crushing a guy's windpipe uh, and lecturing his daughter about being a traitor and a spy. Uh, other than that, like he doesn't have too many points where we see him and we get this terrifying. It's just his presence is menacing. But now we actually, for the first time, got to, or like I'd say recently, I would say um, it happened a, a tiny, tiny amount in Rebels, Fallen Order. I thought it was absolutely beautifully done. And now Kenobi has done it in a way that I think was desperately needed. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And I think Kenobi is one of the first times within the Star Wars universe that I was mortified in what I was seeing. Um, the scenes with Darth Vader were more so out of a horror movie than anything. I mean, some of the most beautifully shot, I guess, jump scares uh, have been within this series. Um, there's that scene where Vader's essentially hunting Obi-Wan. Um, they weren't quite to, they weren't on Jabin. They were on the, the mining world. Um, yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's like Kenobi's wandering, wandering through um, the fields and then, all of a sudden Vader ignites his lightsaber just about stole my heart away. So I think, um, Kenobi, I agree with you that they, um, really, it definitely had the weakest start of, Mm -hmm. uh, any of the star Wars projects that have come out through Disney. Um, but just, they built their way to such a wonderful third act that I think if you look at the product as a whole, it's phenomenal. Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, and like, so just so you guys uh, aren't like, we're looking at this. I'm someone who is probably out of both. I'll say the least critical of star Wars um, because I will, I will enjoy something star Wars just because it's star Wars. Uh, and I know for some people it's like, it doesn't mean I can't be critical, but it also is something where I'm like, no, I like if you're going to tell me a story in Star Wars, I will enjoy it for the fact that you're trying something different in Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> so I think we should uh, start with the beginning. Uh, once again, we're seeing Order sixty six. Painful. It never gets any. It never gets any less painful at all. And um, seeing some live action clones for the <laughs> first time it blew my mind. Thank you to the five hundred first for showing up to to help out with this one. Again, yeah. <laughs> kept kept the project under budget. So oh yeah, just all the cosplayers like, yeah, we'll be in Star Wars. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody, especially at this point in time, would turn down a role in Star Wars, much less um, a show highly as anticipated as Kenobi. Because um, I mean, I've been waiting for Ewan McGregor to make his return since Revenge of the Sith, because you just had essentially this twenty-year gap between you know, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and Obi-Wan's just chilling in the desert. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about Yoda uh, on Dagobah. Shout out Yoda. Did nothing for this series. Congratulations, you know. I'm glad. I'm glad that we didn't see him. I I like the fact that it's, that, like, it, it kept everything so, so well hidden. Yeah, really. I think you're you're right. We haven't um in terms of in terms of the other Jedi, uh we didn't really get to see um what with the exception of um of the first one, you know, who rode into town asking for Kenobi's help and, you know, got 
turned away by this broken, broken form of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You can see the tan, you know, the last 10 years were just absolute hell for him. So um, why, don't, why don't we actually start there? We'll start hitting like the, the story points mm-hmm. um, just so you guys have like a, a clear segue. Um, so th- this is going to be what, the first episode? Yeah, yeah, first episode. Um, really, we get to see Obi-Wan back on Tatooine um, working a butcher's job, you know, watching his co-workers get extorted, doing nothing about it, very un-Jedi-like. Um, and He's so very obviously haunted over the events that had happened 10 years ago. I mean, with everything, the fall of the Jedi Order, Anakin turning to the dark side, it really left him with just such a trauma that he cut himself off from the Force. And seeing Obi-Wan, you know, Mr. Unassailable Jedi poster boy, as broken as that, um, was really incredible heartbreaking to see but i'm glad we got to see that other side of his character because it's not a kenobi that really came out much through um any other star wars project yeah even even himself when he was in uh a new hope you you felt that he was he was he was like oh he's still a jedi he's he's a little bit older he's a little bit out there he's a little bit different um but one of the things that that i really liked uh for the for the first series especially or the first episode was they did like probably two or three just clips of him cutting going back or cutting the meat cutting off the piece for himself slashes his uh his mount and doing that like two to three times like that that was it it was it was they went to the crate dragon they cut it up and they did that so you you easily got to see well what's kenobi been up to oh oh he's working he, in nine to five yeah yeah, he's he's just doing this, and he's not even doing like. It's not even the fact that it would be like, oh, he's doing a nine to five. He is, he is doing something that's like, not e like nothing's going to be appreciated. Like, he would could be fired easily without anything, and and that's it. Um, and it almost looked like were they paying him in portions? They were, yeah. Uh, so I like that that kind of brought that in canonically, especially when you think about living on Tatooine being this, this rock in this desert. Um, yeah. You know, it, um, it honestly gave me uh, a little bit of a, a shout out to the force awakens, you know, different planet, say <laughs> different planet, different desert, same portions, um, you know, in the beginning where Ray's working her, uh, her scavenger duties. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was really nice to see. Like, you know, this isn't some great Jedi master who has been plotting for the last 10 years and like how to, you know, bring an end to the Empire. This is a man who is is broken and and scarred and he just. He'd given up hope, really. Oh, God, yes. You know, I don't know if he really had a plan at that point on what to do with Luke. You know, it's it really didn't seem like it. I mean, he was living in a cave guarded by what I only could imagine is a buried R4. Yeah, R4 is literally buried, and you just see his, his uh, Astro uh, thing pull up that one time, and that's it. Yeah, yeah it made me, <coughs> made me really wonder. It's, I guess Kenobi really didn't own a droid, you know? He buried the last one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that first episode, getting to see the introduction of the Inquisitors uh, mm-hmm. was 
very nice to see as well. I think it's crazy how close they were to Kenobi just in the first place. Um, and the fact that Riva, you know, who's been a polarizing character in her own right. Um, I just, I think it's crazy how we got to see some sort of interaction between Riva and Owen. Mm-hmm. And um, I really enjoyed the scenes with Riva where she's interrogating the town on where to find Kenobi or any Jedi for that matter. And, um, you know, you had that one citizen like, this is the Outer Rim. Like, the Empire has no ground here. And she just cuts off the hand. Like, it, to me, Inquisitors have always meant business. And it's it's nice to see, you know, them in their live action debut uh, really backing up that kind of statement. You know, it's like, if you don't answer the questions, there goes your hand. Congratulations. Because, I mean, that's really all the Inquisitors have been in my mind, you know? They just, they terrorize everybody and everything. They're just agents of the dark side. And what I think really separates the the Inquisitors from uh, Sith or from uh, Dark Jedi, like, if we're going to go down the entirety of, of, like, all the lore, right? If we're going to say, hey, let's let's walk down this uh, for a moment. Um, one of the things that I, I really like is that they felt like common thugs. Like, sure, they had a lightsaber, and, I mean, we're going to say they could use the Force, but when, especially when you got to see Vader use the Force, um, and this is a this is a personal problem with me, like, Kenobi used the Force at the end, um, I, I, I never felt like, it's like, yeah, they, they do the Kylo Ren thing where they're, like, pulling the body here, she's, like, trying to tap the mind, but at no point was ever, like, you're not menacing with this. Like you, you're, you're like, I have a cool trick and I can do these three things really well, but you can, you can see that there's this wealth of a gap between any one of the inquisitors and any like properly trained Jedi Knight or somebody who's gone through most of the training. Um, especially when uh, it looks like it, when you see her, uh, this is gonna be like first set of spoilers. Like she was a youngling who was stabbed by Anakin. And she was still in the Jedi Temple when the Jedi were pulling younglings to go into combat with them, and they were also helping with uh, helping with the Warfront. We saw that with Ahsoka, and then we saw that again in the Bad Batch uh, when we saw Kanan and his Jedi Master, and he was actively out there as a child with the General. Mm-hmm. And we child see- soldiers, not yeah. uh, not a great look, uh, Jedi. <laughs> not a no. great look. It's a terrible, but we, but with her, like they were doing their like forms, uh, their like Tai Chi forms, but I, at no point did I ever go, oh, you have, you have strength at no point, um, like heralding back to the, 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 what's it called? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order when we fought the third sister or fifth sister, the, the big one, she never felt imposing like. Uh, the third or the second sister did when she was like, oh, we learned she was further along as a Jedi. Um, so I like that it feels like, hey, here's the Inquisitor. Whatever state they were at, that's about all they got. Then we just made them angry and gave them a spinning lightsaber. I never once go, oh, you're on the same level as a Jedi. The only reason you're winning is like force of number and you're hunting people down who are tired and always on the run. Like you're literally hunting down almost wounded prey. Yeah, and I mean, by the time we get to the setting in Kenobi, the majority of the Jedi are are kaput. I mean, there are only a few 
a few kind of roaming around the galaxy. Uh, speaking of a few, uh, got a huge name drop in Quinlan. Yes. It's so nice to know that Quinlan Voss is still kicking out there. Uh, he was somebody on the on the list of Jedi who would survive the purge that I was really hoping we were going to see. But I'll settle for a name drop in, in Kenobi. Um, and I like that when we get introduced to him in the Clone Wars, uh, Kenobi's like, oh, I have to work with... Qu-. And then here we see it as... Quinlan, like he's still alive. This, 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 like there's this immediate, like, oh, thank God, he's still alive. He's a very good person. Yeah, it, it was really nice to, you know, it's, it's almost like a classmate you haven't seen in like 15 years. You know, it's like they annoyed you at the time, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, you you hear somebody not, you know, drop their name, and they're like, ah, oh, man, calls back to to better times, you know. And I'm, I can only imagine that that Kenobi had a moment of peace after he saw Quinlan's name. It's like Quinlan, what, what adventures Quinlan and I had back in the day, you know, Chasing before the, down the hut. <laughs> hey, Hey, the hut. That's true. Shout out, shout out to zero. The most menacing new Orleans, <laughs> new Orleans their, hut to, to ever, uh, grace the universe in their, in their bog planet. Um, but I, and so I have a question. Like, so one of the things that we got to see real quick, and I thought this was a great uh, trope, and this was a great motif throughout all of it, was the the different tactics the the Inquisitors were using to hunt a Jedi. Uh, they like they talked about the Jedi in the town. The Inquisitors walking to the bar. Uh, the Grand Inquisitors there. The Fifth Brothers there. And she's what second sister or third sister? Third sister. Third sister. Second sister was in okay Fallen Order. Um, and they're like, it takes patience. And the Grand Inquisitor is talking to the bartender, and she and she's like, "Look, this takes too long," and like hurls the knife at him. And then we see the Jedi like focusing, and even when you see him using the Force, like she threw a knife, and I'm like, "Okay, he caught that." His hands up, but you could tell it's more practice with the Force than any of them are. But at the same time, it felt like when we saw him, I'm like, "How cut off are you also from the Force? Are you just like using?" little bits here and there occasionally or is it something where where you're kind of actively practicing yeah yeah no the i mean i think it really it really kind of puts into um puts into focus i guess the state of the force at this period of the galaxy um i think it's not just a i mean the force obviously is way out of balance Mm -hmm. um during during the events of kenobi and really, you know, it's not all that used anymore. You know, it's like during the Republic, you had the Jedi running around um, solving trade disputes. You know, just common common Jedi thing to do. Uh, but no, also just like on different frontiers, you could find them all throughout the galaxy. Like seeing a Force user at that point wasn't really um, uncommon, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean... You know, you get closer to the New Hope, and you have somebody like Han Solo who doesn't even think the Force is real. That is a myth, you know? Um, and so I think we're closer and closer to that point in Kenobi. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's not much of a stretch to say that that, that Jedi, and the Inquisitors for that matter, um, are as powerful as you, I guess, would want want them to be. 
You, you know what I'm trying to say? They, um, and I, I gotta say there as, as far as, um, the inquisitors, like when she threw the knife, I did like seeing them be like, no use patience. And she's like, no, this actually takes too long. And she gets him up. And then when she goes out to like talk, um, so, uh, where were we before that happened? Uh, talking about Riva and the fact that uh, it was taking too long with the Grand Inquisitor's monologue. Yeah, and the, so she then turns around and goes out into the field, and that's where she confronts Owen after Owen like finds Kenobi. Because Kenobi's you, you, you see him watching Luke, um, but he's doing it from afar. I like how he sees Luke, the boy, and the child. Um, because I, I think that is incredibly, incredibly important to him. Um, or, or important to like see, um, especially coming off with like, hey, the fall of the Jedi Order, and you don't, you, like, like, they, they essentially would come to you and say, hey, you don't have a choice, give us your kid, um, or give us your kid for protection because if a Sith gets him, like, your kid's not going to have a choice and neither are you. Um, and this kind of the the way he they more or less spun it, uh, especially like in uh, one of the episodes with Cad Bane, when Cad Bane has the holocron and is is, you know, going around trying to kidnap some younglings. But we she has this conversation and he's like, nope, uh, we, we, we get to see her like talk to Owen and go, you have a family. We see some of the force like mind reading abilities in there, but it, it's pretty, pretty small. And then, you know, we kind of get to see Kenobi hiding and, and almost he no, he wasn't almost he was cowering before these Inquisitors when, you know, especially come later with Ahsoka in Rebels. Like we know that they could job like if he would practice a little bit, he could easily job them if it wouldn't be the fact that he would be putting Luke in danger. But just seeing like the level of violence and brutality um that they were willing to go through, I thought was absolutely amazing, especially since it's like, Hey, the war's over. But yeah, the yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, they're not um, really. I mean, in some cases, especially after the fall of the Republic, the war never really ended. No, um, it was really just the prelude to the civil war. And that's what happens with the empire in their lovely, galaxy-wide occupation but yeah i think i think it was fantastic to see the brutality of the inquisitors on display throughout the first two episodes um and something i didn't see when this series premiered was the introduction of a young leia i did not see that coming i knew if obi-wan was to get off tatooine it better have been pretty damn important yes did not think Leia was going to be the reason. And the fact that it establishes like, Hey, they do know each other, especially since it now sounds like at the end of this, it's like, Oh, when she reached out in new hope, like you fought with my father during the clone wars. And like, she sounds more familiar to him. So she would have at least known who, who of him and known who he was. Uh, Cause I think she called, does she call him like general Kenobi mm -hmm. in, in, in uh, a new hope. In a new hope, yes, it's yeah. General Kenobi. With, uh, it's like you served my father in the Clone Wars, yeah. And w which I'm like, oh, that's fantastic, and them to kind of bring that together, which means like you know he, she's going to start getting stories about 
how great he was or who that was supposed to be. Um, but you're right, Leia. Um, and I think we should talk about that because to me, Leia um, is one one of the best parts of the entire series. And I'm going to say she's one of the worst. I think I I loved little Leia. I'm I'm very much on that side. Um, I can only think of a couple of instances where I wasn't the happiest with the character. Um, mainly, mainly in in episode two when they get to die you wasn't the best fan of Leia in that uh in that instance. Uh overall though, I think I think they did a really good job encapsulating, you know, what Leia would have been like as a as a child, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she in many ways Leia is the rebellion. Um and, you know, later on the resistance in the sequels. Uh so to see her kind of take on that that uh that role as a kid was really nice to see but i'm I'm curious why do you think um you know she was some of the worst uh so this is <clears throat> my biggest issue with with the the entire um series is the manufactured tension um you can tell a great story knowing where it starts to end one of my favorite things to do is to pick up a book and read the last chapter before I even start reading the book. Why? Because I want to see where we're going to end up. But I, the thing that's is, bold. Have, that's bold. That's that's bold. But you have no context, so I could give you a random book and say, "Hey, read the last chapter," and it'd be like, "Okay," and you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And you're like, "I don't, I don't know how we got here." And then the question is, can you remember all that as you're reading the story and getting sucked into these characters? <clears throat> Sometimes I don't. Like if if there's like an ongoing series. I won't, but if it's like I'm picking up this new series for the first time, I'll gladly do that. Here, we we aren't really given that luxury. We know where Kenobi has to start, and we know where it has to end. So, one, when Leia was getting kidnapped, and she's like running away, the the, the 10-year-old child running away from fully grown aliens. Yes. Yeah. (coughs) She's got little legs. Yeah. Little, little, Little quick legs. Um, she knows the forest better than them. That's really the only defense I can give. I can give that scene. Maybe if it was shot better, I would say yes, that, that those are all accurate, but she like crawls under a bush that like you could have stepped through or walked around. And like, I have a problem with that scene. Um, the second scene I have a problem and this isn't necessarily her fault. It's just her being there when she fell off the building. Really? Hmm. I have, okay. I, and that is, that's going to be my, my, I'm going to say probably my biggest criticism of this was pacing with Kenobi getting his mojo back. Um, I think that her falling should have been one of the last sequences, even after him, like holding back the water. I think that should have like come before her falling because it's like, once he did that, I was like, okay, he's got the force back. And that, that was it to me. It was just like, Nope. You, you saved the most important person because she has plot armor and it didn't feel earned. It felt so like it, it felt it felt like someone was like, oh, we need to make him catch Leia. And they're like, well, where do we put this in the movie or in the series? We don't have it anywhere else. So they just threw it there. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I think that really overarches into another Disney kind of uh, Disney shortcoming when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, their chase scenes are not that great. 
uh, and they ran into the same issue with the Book of Boba Fett. Um, when the uh, the major domo, is, you know, for the mayor, mm-hmm. was uh, escaping with his speeder through town, and the and the mods were chasing them, oh, I was yeah. just sitting there, and I was like, "You could you could run, you could run alongside the speeder. Why call it a speeder if it's going like a leisurely pace through uh, through Mos Espa? You know." Maybe it's just a Tatooine, or not a Tatooine thing, because Leia and Obi-Wan were on Dayu, but their chase scenes in Star Wars just have not been the same, especially when you compare them to the to the prequels, specifically Attack of the Clones, you know, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are hunting down that uh, that bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, you know, Matt, and it, like, yeah, oh, God, that was such good dialogue, really, like, yeah, it, yeah. Um, so really that, that feeds into a more Disney shortcoming that, yeah, that direction, uh, whether it's Dave Filoni or the stunt team, or just not having that part done. That being said, everything else about little Leia won her attitude to how competent she felt. Cause when we got to see her in rebels as well as like the 15, 16 year old, uh, who also had to figure out like, Hey, how do we, how do we make it look like? You know, we're not just giving ships to the rebellion, you know, and we already get to see her craftiness. And I'm going to call for sensitivity, um, especially the first episode where she's like dressing down her cousin. Oh, talk about a scene. That was so well done. Everything from the from the dialogue. Uh, but you're totally right. It, it Throughout this series, they it made it seem like. Leia just had this natural connection with understanding people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could definitely talk that down into force sensitivity, which really, I guess, makes you wonder how, you know, the Inquisitors or Darth Vader, for that matter, didn't sense it. Um, that was one of the major, I guess, con- not concerns, but issues I had with all of Leia's time with Reva. Mm hmm. But I guess I guess you could say that you know Riva really, in her essence, was not an inquisitor. Although we're get, we're getting to more of that later. But how do you not see that this this girl is strong with the Force when she's aided by it? You know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, especially what that's episode f- f- four, 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 where like the interrogation's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, c- completely. Um, uh, what did, so one of the other, uh, areas that I liked, what did you think of, uh, what was it? Episode, I think it was episode two or three where we got to meet, uh, Frick. Oh, right. Yeah. Seth um, Rogen. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Happy go lucky up oh, just support my empire. Um, but, but genuine. He, like, yeah. we don't get to see many people who genuinely are like, the empire he's like no we need a little bit of law and order the republic fell apart and they were fighting themselves and the jedi were fighting other jedi and like it you could easily see it was kind of like a, a, a herald back to uh star wars Knights of the republic 2 where one of your first conversations on the main planet like the the first city planet is like no the the jedi you guys are terrible and it's like no that was the sith and he's like i don't care you all are you know wizards with laser swords like you're all the problem and we get to see Frick here, who's like, no, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, doing my thing, and and I, I'm, I'm like, hey guys, your transport's late. Let me help you get a ride. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was nice. It it was nice to see because it is one of the only instances we get to see of, you know, people in the galaxy supporting the Empire. I think it was uh, most recently done in the Bad Batch too, the Bad Batch season one, where they're bringing in, you know, some of the first iterations of stormtroopers. And one of the stormtroopers is saying that the Empire keeps them housed, fed, health care. I mean, essentially the only reasons you join the U.S. Army. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... It, it's nice to know that, you know, not everybody is against the Empire in the galaxy. Uh, that being said, I also think that um, Star Wars is still very conflicted on Ray Shields. And um, that scene kind of confused me a little bit. It's, you know, I understand having a checkpoint mm-hmm. on, um, which, is, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean... Any any man with a speeder could have easily just just taken it right a right alongside the hill. Yes, or simply gone a different way. It's as ineffective as a border wall, really. Because I mean, eventually it's just going to end. You can just go around. It's one of the issues I I had with uh with the wall in Game of Thrones. I, I guess mean, like maybe the same issue just... we're having with our own border wall in the south, where it just yeah. ends randomly and you can walk around it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I just have a thing against walls. Uh, I mean, but, our history with wall. Look at the Great Wall of China. How did Genghis Khan? How how did the Khans conquer China? They walked around. See, hey, you heard it here first, guys. Walls do not work. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that seed was nice. Um. Getting introduced to Tala's character was phenomenal. Um, I loved, I loved the progression of her character. It was nice to see somebody who at first joined the Empire, and then saw all of the horrible things it was really doing across the galaxy, and decided, nope, this is not for me. You know, I've got to atone for my, for my sins, for the things I've done. Uh, it was good to see some of that energy as well. Um, Tala was an absolute badass. There's no way around it. Just, the, I'm not sure what you thought about her, uh, but she was actually one of my favorite parts of uh, of Kenobi, along with uh, Roland. Um, I loved Tala. She was great. Uh, she was a little overshadowed to me by Loader Boy. Loader Boy is probably still like one of my favorite top ten characters <laughs> right now. Um, the her character coming in because what we get to learn here is like the extent at which the empire is dealing with force sensitive people because it almost felt like what we learn is that she went to a village and they rounded up all the force sensitive people. And she's like, Oh, we're going to take them for like reeducation or what? And they're like, no, kill them, kill the parents, kill the, kill the entire family, wipe out the village. And she's like, we weren't, we weren't capturing them. We were, we were killing them. And it almost felt like, oh, we're not even – the parents produced a Force-sensitive child. We're not going to give the parents a chance to have another child where that could possibly happen again. Yeah, that's pretty it's, – it's pretty messed up. Um, not one of the greatest galaxy-wide policies, to yeah. tell you the truth. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm honestly – I'm. Uh, you could see as that scene was unfolding, just Tala's like the horror in her eyes. Like, 
the I've never been a fan of the Empire. I know there are a lot of people out there that adore it. They think the Empire is so cool. Um, I'm not one of those people. I've always been very, very hard pro Republic. I also thought it was a you know cooler time in the Star Wars galaxy. The Empire kind of made everything mundane, and they popularized <laughs> popular popularized the color gray. And a galaxy without colors just dull. So, you know, shout out to the old republic. Um, yeah, but the uh, the loader droid really I thought was one of the unsung heroes of the show, and gone too soon. Just you got to pour one out for for the loader droid. And I I, I liked the fact that it was, it, it, so just to paint you guys like the imagery and what they what they were really going for here tala sat quietly by the first time the empire she saw something like that and let it happen the loader droid is programmed to be completely silent but and this gets into it like so uh kenobi and leia you know she's kidnapped he gets her back from the kidnappers we get to see spice we get to see people strung out on spice which i thought was huge because we really don't see that um, no, not at all, really. They crash. Spice on- is a spice is a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug, yeah. Hell of a drug. They they crash land on a, on an old farming planet that we can see as being like pilfered by the Empire, uh, drained of its resources. We get to meet some characters, but when we we meet Tala, and we, we we see what's going on here. Then we meet the loader droid who hides them in the back of the shop and sits in there. And the stormtroopers come in and go open up and. They're like getting all up in his face. And even Leia, when he meets her, like, oh, tries to talk to him. And they're like, she can't talk. They're not programmed to talk. You can see Obi-Wan being dismissive. Like, I still don't really like droids. I've fought them for about four years, um, as well as, you know, everything else. And when they're hiding him, the fact that the the, dro- the stormtroopers are getting up in his face and the, the one goes, they're programmed not to communicate. Like, we don't program them to have them. Their job is to load. But then you watch the hands around the droid's back tighten on a hammer. And I'm like, oh, we're about to see the armorer droid version. Uh, and it's, you know, the, it's the actions speak louder than words. He can't talk, but we see, nah, he, he will go hard in a heartbeat if it means he can help these people. Yeah, you know, shout out to the loader droid, really. Um, I thought the the imagery within that scene was really really superb too um just the way they shot it uh the the view of the of the hammer was really well done and then i i suppose we should go right up to to the very next scene that 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 entails oh god oh god do we have to oh we have to because this is so after this uh well the inquisitor contacts vader she's oh yeah we should probably talk about that uh revo's character uh, has her own confrontation where she's hunting down uh, Kenobi on the city planet. Um, which, by the way, all the characters in that, I love the fact that they were like, hey, things haven't changed for us. Everyone here is still destitute. He meets uh, someone peddling spice and is like, I'm looking for my daughter. And she's like, if she's here, she's lost. I used to be someone's daughter, too. Take a couple of these and don't worry. You won't even remember you had a daughter. Like, what the fuck, Disney? Okay. A little out of left field. 
little, little tiny, tiny, tiny bit for them. You know, we think of Disney as as the family friendly version of Star Wars. That is not family friendly. And the fact that right before that we saw the clone trooper with obvious, with obvious like this is probably five oh first markings on him, uh, like also you know begging for money. I was like, okay, so we're we're gonna tackle all of this in this place and how little the gov- either any government does for like their veterans or cleaning up you know uh, like addiction as a problem. Uh, but we saw Reva, and the other thing is I like how. She is so focused on getting Kenobi because we kind of learn that Vader's been like Kenobi doesn't know that Anakin survived. He left him there to die. And as far as he knows, he did. Anakin died. And then we learn Reva knows that uh, or Reva knows that he didn't die, became Darth Vader and is so singularly focused on getting obi-wan kenobi and she becomes like embroiled on that passion too where we see both of them with this singular mindset to get kenobi to the point where she kills the grand inquisitor we think and like disobeys direct orders to put out like a citywide hit on kenobi in order to to find them as well as like uh knows to go after uh Alderaan's oh god what's his name to go after Leia like because she orchestrates all of that the kidnapping of Leia and everything all to get to Kenobi yeah definitely one of the the smarter uh Star Wars characters out there I mean it was just the approach to to snuffing out Obi-Wan was really was really well done I was very impressed you know she was like oh I went into the archives and found out that there was a link between Bail Organa and Obi-Wan Kenobi so I'm gonna I'm gonna kidnap an imperial senator's daughter to get him to to come out of hiding. That yeah, was Organa. I could not remember his name. Yeah, it that was that was so that was a masterclass uh a move right there. You know, Vader's playing checkers. Reva was playing 3D chess. And and then she uses that, of course, to get be like, hey, I've got Kenobi on this planet, and we see Vader walk up and tell the Inquisitors to like stand by and stand down and walked through a town with stormtroopers rounding up people and we get to see vader be an actual butcher it was mortifying i mean he he what he crushed a father's windpipe snapped his son's neck and then was dragging a woman through town force choking her as he was looking for obi-wan kenobi because he knew that that was going to bring him out that is by far the most brutal i have ever seen darth vader period and i don't know i don't know about you but i wasn't prepared for that episode at all Mm -hmm. i remember uh we had a watch party over uh over here for each of the kenobi episodes um the afternoon that they aired and like my heart rate was just through the roof for those last 30 minutes. I mean, talk about a talk about a brutal I guess pure introduction to Vader into the series. And that leads up into the next scene, you know, Obi-Wan's trying to do the honorable thing and say, you know, get Leia out of here. Let me let me distract Vader and 
just make sure she gets, you know, make sure Leia gets home. And we get to see Obi-Wan Invader lock lightsabers again for the first time since their epic duel on Mustafar. And Invader beats the absolute daylight out of him. It's not a contest. He is just hacking away at Kenobi. Like, there was no contest. I mean, Cal Kestis gave him a better run in, in Fallen Order. And you got one swing on him. That was it. Yeah. One swing. And you know what? That swing was better than what Kenobi put up in that fight. There was... He was outclassed. He was outclassed the entire the entire go. And really, that's when you get into the scene where it looks like Kenobi's done for. Um, there's, there's fire between them. Um, and Vader drags him along the hot coals. And that was one of the first time, you know, one of the first times that I'd ever felt Anakin in that suit instead of just the heartlessness of Vader. That was personal. Yeah. That was insanely, insanely personal. And, you know, Vader didn't want to kill Obi-Wan. He didn't want to kill him there. He wanted to make him suffer. He, I could only imagine what he had lined up as a torture routine, had that allowed to continue. Um, thankfully, for Obi-Wan's sake, it wasn't. Because the- I could not see that ending well for him. The other thing I think there is Vader wanted to hurt him, but when he, cause he was wailing on Kenobi, he's like, you're not, you're not Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was fighting Ben Kenobi here, not Obi-Wan Ben. And when you think about it that way, I'm like, oh, this is, this is a very different person that you're fighting. You are not fighting the Jedi master. He's used the force like twice here. And both times have been like by the skin of his teeth, just barely. Um, yeah. But like he gets away and we get to, we get to see him get away. Of course, we see Leia get captured. And actually, you know what? We did forget something since we, we kind of skipped over uh, Reva's character. Um, I feel like there's an honorable mention that we need to talk about real quick. Yeah. And okay. that is uh, Kamal Nahani's or Najiani's character. Uh, Haja, yes, the Haja. How, how could we skip over dear Haja, <laughs> scammer extraordinaire? Um, you know, I don't. There have been like a few grumblings about Haja's character, but listen, I thought he was a good guy. He's he's scamming people out of money, but in the end, he's getting those people to where they need to be. Like there's 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 much worse scum and villainy in the galaxy than Haja getting an extra few credits. You know what I'm saying? I, and I like how he says, he goes, look, he goes, look, yes, I'm stealing. I'm taking their money, but I'm actually getting them to safety. And his, his all of his theatrics, everything. I was like, no, if you're going to sell somebody who's run off and hiding, but you're secretly helping, like he was doing it the absolute best way possible. And, and I thought, I thought the character was so well done too. I, I, <laughs> Every time Haja was on screen, it just resulted in, in a lot of laughs. You know, he did steal every scene he was in. He really did. It, very well done. Like, shout out to the actor. It's just ah, like a, a good chef's kiss to him. Um, and Haja, I think, serves a really important purpose to Kenobi that it really, you know, 
exemplifies Kenobi's trust issues, which I mean is valid, understandable. Yeah, completely valid. You know, the Republic fell, the Jedi Order was exterminated, his best friend turned to the dark side. Those tend to uh, tend to crop up some some personal issues. You may need to go to therapy for, um, because. <laughs> Yeah, I would be so trusting after that. And and like e- even like going kind of uh, off of that, uh, like I-, I did love his character because every time we got to meet him after that, he was like, oh, you know, for whatever a, you know, a, a disgraced uh, fraud Jedi is. And Kenobi later on goes, he goes, that- that's kind of like, you know, whatever you can trust me for. And he goes, you know what? That's perfect. You're exactly what I need right now. I trust you. <laughs> Um, and he he constantly is is telling him to like, hey, do more for me, do more for me, do this. Um, and I, I I thought that that was great. I loved his character in there. So we kind of get to see like some people still know who the Jedi are, and they can use them. Like when you go, it's it's just it's some hokey tricks. Like you know, Han Solo said, oh no, I I'm wondering, have we got more Solo movies? If he would help a fake Jedi, like try to go into hiding and smuggle him out and then be like, Oh, you're just a lie. It's just some cheap trick that you're doing to levitate. Like it's not real. Oh my God. That's such a, that's such a fantastic idea. Yeah. Solo part two. Like, Oh, he's smuggles a Jedi at some point And the Jedi does just Taja. It's just, it's just Taja. That's actually, maybe you should, uh, you should pitch that. <laughs> go pitch that over to, uh, Dave to Disney. Yeah. Dave hey, Floney and, uh, see, see what they say. Why? Why not? I mean, I I want a second solo movie. I'm not sure if I'm in a lot of agreement with uh, how people convey solo, but whatever. Uh, that's a podcast for another time. Um, but I mean, it makes sense. You get more Haja, you get more Chewy, get to see a continuation of Maul, perhaps. Um, but kind of aiming back toward um, toward Kenobi, I really enjoyed the progression of Haja's character. And it was nice to see Kenobi become more trusting of him as time went on. Because really, what other better option was there, you know? Yeah. He he was the perfect character. And I like how you saw that he was a fraud right away. Like, you were meant to see that he was a fraud, and Kenobi confirmed it for you really easy. Um, But, like, going back to that, like, so after that, when it becomes, okay, they need to, you know... Leia gets kidnapped by Reva again, technically Reva again, and they go to the Inquisitor planet. And here I, I think is th- this is where I felt like the show started to ramp up in, you know, uh, some of the better ways where um, and, and some of the worst ways. One, every fight sequence here was terrible. Uh, second, uh, her like Talia's the entire sequence where she's like sitting on the comm. And the calm looks like she has to like ball her hand into a fist, like to do it. Like I, all the security protocol, like I think that was one of the worst sets for the entire series. She like goes back, kills one of the guard or kills the watch officer. But I like how at the end she's like, "Nope, I'm the spy. I'm a double agent to get Riva away so that Kenobi could uh, break out Little Leia." Yeah, yeah. No, so. I enjoyed all of all of the the Fortress uh, Inquisitoria scenes. Um, it just felt a little 
too much drawn from Fallen Order. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, we'd already been there. We'd already literally just done that maybe like uh, three years ago. Outside of the tombs, the tombs were uh, tombs were amazing, amazing, but also really creepy. That's that's some Darth that's some dark side baggage right there. Yeah, it's listen. It's one thing to kill a Jedi, but you really gotta entomb them down there. Like, you know, we had that scene uh, where Kenobi's hiding from the stormtroopers, uh, which you know was was a good call, a good call back to a New Hope. Um, but in, if you had the subtitles on, you could hear them like faintly talking about how creepy the place was. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I just thought about the poor stormtrooper who was assigned to sanitation and just mm. had to clean down there all the time. What could you imagine cleaning a tomb full of Jedi just staring at you? And it, honestly, one of the things that uh, I enjoyed about it is it brought credence to rebels where Kanan is trying to get uh, Ezra to shock T, I think it is. Uh, uh, no, Luminara. Luminara. Yes. And, and it's like, oh no, they they capture in this, and there's every possibility the Force could still be screaming out. Um, so it, it almost feels like, no, these could still have a purpose to serve the Empire. Um, and I, I thought that's kind of what it might have been for. Um, I think if they would have had something in there of like, oh, hey, the like Obi-Wan could feel them screaming or something else instead of him just being like, just, just get me away. Like his, his response was completely correct. Like the horror of like, we just need to get out of here and I will never talk about this again. But also I'm like, knowing what we know about what happens later on, I was like, okay, I would have, I would have liked just a little, just a little, little bit more. I think, Um, I think we're all in that same boat too. While it was really awful to see, my guy Tara Sunube. Yes. Oh God, that's rough. Imagine your first uh, appearance in a live action being <laughs> being your corpse in a tomb. Yeah, corpse skull. in a Sith uh, in a Sith uh, fortress. That's that's rough. Um, um, yeah, I I really wish we could have seen more of that. I was hoping to see maybe one or two more Jedi that we would have recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I mean, I didn't expect to see Terrace Nube. That was a, I can almost guarantee that Dave Filoni was really pushing for that. Oh yeah. Uh, made me feel super bad for him because when we see him in Star Wars, the Clone Wars, he is in his sunset years, getting close to that retirement age. Um, and then just gets just brutally murdered. Yeah. Um it really shows that uh, Anakin had no chill. Young young wings, old, old people like there was there was nothing he wasn't slicing down at the temple that night. Yeah, and like seeing the youngling there frozen as well as like it, it very much felt like uh, this is a different form of carbonite whereas like his carbonite was like, almost like a flash freezing but it doesn't look like it goes all into their system. It, it just gets the outside. It really made me feel almost um like uh almost like you know you know how amber is like amber is like you get it's hardened molasses yeah exactly it looked almost um exactly like amber i was like oh shit like they they trapped you all in amber you all drowned in that um i mean just like peaceful poses almost uh yeah shout out to that youngling shout out to that youngling so this is also the the other series where the the other part where i'm gonna say pacing and and force to me were a little out of scale here 
Um, because Obi Wan does the Harken where he does back to like a New Hope, and he does the little mind trick of there's a there's a noise over there, and he makes a boom, and you see him kind of wince like I did not mean to make it that loud, and then just like you know barely twenty minutes later he's holding back water. Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't really find issue with it too much, just because he he knew what the stakes were and. It, I, I kind of read that scene more as like a it's a fight or flight moment you know mm. it's you uh you're gonna you're gonna live or die here buddy that's that's really all that scene kind of conveyed to me I didn't really have a problem with the pacing too much too much there and surprisingly I know this one might be unpopular for some people I know even Mrs. Play had a bit of issue his rescue sequence against the two stormtroopers that were getting Leia I know a lot of people do not like the the chamber or the like throne room fight scene from the last Jedi. It is not liked. I hear you. I know people like the shots are weird. I know some of the fighting like where she just like smacks the stormtrooper's head like she would almost like break his nose, but he's wearing a full face mask. Doesn't always mm-hmm. make sense. But I know Mrs. Play is like, wouldn't he want to get closer to Leia so that way he could better protect her? And I'm like, no, the room's dark. The only thing they have is like his glowing sword comes on, it cuts through somebody, and then it goes out. And then he, you know, sprints over. The other one just heard this sound, just saw his buddy die. So he's freaking out. And it now looks like you're fighting a Jedi and you've never fought one before. I thought it was actually a super, super well done scene where it's like, yeah, okay, he, he he's getting it back. We, we, we see him kind of getting it back, doing his thing, but it still felt like, I could screw this up. Yeah, I think it was a good middle point for for the series as a whole. You know, he's he's definitely in that kind of in that shaky that shaky middle ground there. Um, and I I thought it was really cool that that scene almost was identical to one of the Force Unleashed scenes with Star Killer, and he's like going to rescue. Uh, I think it's Ram Coda was his master in that game. Um, but that was almost identical to a scene in that video game, which was cool to see in live action. Um, I'm one of those people who loved the uh, throne room scene Me in too. Last Jedi. It was well done. I don't care. The Star Wars community is too Toxic. polarizing. Yep. Hey, let's be nice. Let's be nice. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> let's be nice. Okay, uh, you're right. Polarizing is is the word. I will. I will. <laughs> Toxic. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was a well done scene. In Kenobi, also thought it was really well done. Um, I don't think Disney really gets lightsabers right all that much, though. Um, you know, in in the prequels, I think that was the best grasping of what a lightsaber can really do it's supposed to cut right through you it's a beam of pure light for christ's sake i mean you see what it does to metal doors and it took i think kenobi three whacks at one of those stormtroopers for him to actually go down and that that one felt just a little silly to me in that scene because you know you and i both know how cheap stormtrooper armor is so so here's 
you this and this is going to be how I'm taking that scene. Mm-hmm. We're going to hearken to both Rebels and now uh, the Book of Boba Fett when the dark is being used and uh, Kanan is training uh, what's her name to use the dark saber. Oh yeah, Sabine. Sabine. So he talks about, do you feel how heavy it is? Do you feel how it pushes and pulls with it? Um, one of the things that I, I thought here and how I I personally took this as well was Obi-Wan really hasn't used a lightsaber in a hot minute. So he had to do three hacks and you're saying, yeah, it had to do this. Like you can get a really sharp, short, sharp sword and still butcher it going through somebody's armor. So what I took it as, yeah, it's a beam of light. Yes, it should go right through people. However, like even when we look at like how Ray fights with it versus how Kylo fought with it, uh, like when she turns it on and it goes through the head, like the, the beam coming out was just like, oh, th- this is how it behaves. So this is how it worked. But here when Kenobi's doing it, this is someone who's like, OK, I know how this is supposed to work. And at the same time, it's not how it's working. It, it's it's not working the way that he remembers it or the way that it's supposed to feel. So that's why I took it. And even like when he's blocking bolts, like we see him later on, like, okay, he starts to deflect bolts, but it's not pretty. It's not like the, the Kenobi from the clone wars. It's not even uh, like the Kenobi at at any other point, you know, it's even Cal Kestis. When you got his lightsaber out just barely, I was like, Oh, it felt like he remembered more how to use that lightsaber because he kept it on him. Whereas Kenobi, it almost felt like it didn't belong in his hand, which well, I is mean, what he I did. Liked. He did uh, bury it in the sand. Yes. Which, um, you know, kind of surprised the corpse of General Grievous didn't come out for that thing. <laughs> Rolling over in his grave, that poor droid is. Yeah. Um, but th- that that was my past there, especially when I'm like, like towards the end of it, I finally see him like, oh, if I swing it like this, I can knock a laser back at a stormtrooper. So I, I did, I I did think that there were points of that that were done well, and honestly, like him using a lightsaber and his his fights and battles were with a lightsaber to me, uh, better to explain like, oh, this is his current state. Yeah, and um, I thought, you know, the. <sighs> Ending off in that in that episode after they escape Inquisitorious um, was one of the actually I think the only scene I had an issue with Vader. You know, he's pissed off. Riva didn't give him a call that Kenobi was literally there, literally there. Um, comes in super pissed off. Mm-hmm. Force chokes Riva. I thought really. Granted, I love what Riva's character did after after this. I mean, I can't believe Vader showed any restraint and that the neck wasn't just snapped immediately because he's done that to people for far less. Very true. Um, I thought it was a good touch uh, about the whole tracking the ship um, aspect. Reva's cold for putting a <laughs> a restraining boat bolt on a on Lola. That yeah. poor droid. That poor droid went through it this series. It was she not did. a good series for droids, actually. No. Between the the loader droid and, and and poor Lola, that's that's rough. Um but that enters us into the final two episodes, which were phenomenal. 
we get to see flashbacks of Anakin and Obi-Wan, Hugh McGregor and Hayden Christensen in a sparring duel as Master and Padawan, which was so beautifully done. Um, I was in my feels that entire episode. As you should be. It it was everything I wanted. And I think Hayden, I mean, Hayden did his best Anakin acting in, in Kenobi. Um, and it's funny because Hayden Christensen in an interview for, you know, all the interviews for Kenobi actually said that he went back and he watched uh, the animated series to get a better feel for Anakin, to jump back into the character. So he watched Anakin's progression from Clone Wars to Rebels, you know, when he becomes Darth Vader. Um, and I thought he worked a lot of that in to um, into the show, it, especially into the, the flashback scenes, you know, because Anakin in the clone wars is almost exactly like that you know he's he's very he's very passionate he's willing to do whatever it takes to win um but he's too impatient and shows off a little bit too much and in that duel i mean that's exactly how it was so getting to see them taking wax at one another was just phenomenal again you know um and that really launches us into the meat that the Empire's hot on this poor, uh, this poor, not even rebel cell, just this, they called it the path. Um, which, what did you think about the path? Uh, the, the, the obstacles, the way. Um, I love the idea of the path. I liked it as being something a little bit, uh, we're not quite the rebellion. We're not really fighting yet. We're just trying to get people. We're, 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 we're literally doing the best we can to just try to help people. Um, uh, and I, I thought that that was absolutely uh, one of the, the, the best, coolest ways to like go about that. Um, and I, I like that. It's like, we're not here to fight. We're not fighters. <coughs> I think Rowan said, literally says, we're not here to fight a war. Like we're not warriors. And then at the end of the Inquisitorium, when the one guy's snowspeeder gets like, you know, dynamite hurled at it and it explodes and you, you see his wingman like visibly she recoils. Um, I, I, I thought the path was absolutely fantastic as look, we're just trying to do what we can because we know you guys are being hunted. We know that you're the protectors of the peace um, and you did not deserve this. Uh, no. So I really enjoyed the path. Um, I one, I thought the Hayden Christensen, um, back and forth, like being like, okay, this is what Obi Wan's thinking. He's remembering this. Um, I'm guessing uh, Darth Vader's remembering at the same time because that was supposed to be like that was pre, uh, that would have been pre Clone Wars, like that would have been like still very early on in the Clone Wars because he still has Padawan braid. Yeah, he does. It it actually it must have been. <sighs> I doubt I doubt it would have been just as the Clone Wars kicked off because they were so busy in the onset of the Clone Wars. Um, so it must have been like just right before the events of Episode Two. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. And I I thought I thought it was great. 
I loved how it was like you could clearly see that Anakin was a better fighter. Like he is a stronger, younger, more able body fighter than Obi-Wan. However, Obi-Wan one uses the force as his ally and two is much more knowledgeable and is able to use Anakin's desire to win as a, as as like his ultimate downfall. And he says that and he goes, until you can overcome this part of yourself, you will remain a Padawan. Um, Take a seat. Yeah. Skywalker. Very much so. Especially like, like thinking about that as well. Like I, like just to see like that version of him, Versus the version of Anakin who walks up to the uh, at, at the in the Bad Batch, walks up to the edge of the uh, the bridge and goes, "I'm here to surrender," and like casually just dodges rockets and lasers. Doesn't pull out a sword. Just you just see like his ability with the Force in that scene is so great, and I think it's going to play so much better into late like just like a few moments later in this very episode um because i think i think this episode so that's the that's episode five out of six right mm-hmm. this, which sets it up for uh <laughs> the big one episode, one of the best finales i think to to grace the star wars universe 100 agree episode five had the best lightsaber battle period out of the entire show um his fight with reva I still think is one of the best fights Vader will ever have as Vader. Um, like just better than when he fought Ahsoka better than any other like cameos he's had. This was him one, not using a lightsaber two breaking her lightsaber in half, which apparently I think they can just do that. And handing her part of it and saying, okay, now we're going to fight like Jedi. Because one of the things with uh, that you're supposed to see when you do Star Wars is if you follow Bushido code, samurai use one sword at a time. You might see two on their hilt, but it depends. Like the long one is for horse fighting uh, or fighting on cavalry. The other shorter one is for close range, but you never use more than one at a time. So this was Darth Vader going like, okay, you want this shot? Here's a single blade. You are going to fight me like we would with some honor and some dignity. But watching him like just push her out of the way as if it's nothing, I thought it was the best fight of the entire series. You know, I thought I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Vader I, was disrespecting Reva. That entire time, even even when he hands her the lightsaber and says, you know, fight me in that kind of honorable way, was still disrespectful. I mean, you know, I mean, the line really says it all. It's like, do you really think I would not see youngling? Yeah, that is just. I would have paid good money to see that episode in theaters and just the gasp of that line because I don't know how you were in it, but I just jaw was on the floor. I mean, you can't just say that, man. That's God add, just add insult to injury. 
It you get stabbed. You get stabbed in the gut, and you get just talked down from Vader. After being made the Grand Inquisitor for all of like thirty seconds. Um, uh, hey, thirty-five. Give her, <laughs> give her the thirty-five. Give her some and then credit. <laughs> you also have the return of the Grand Inquisitor in that scene, who's just. That was the most just I guess thuggish scene I've ever seen. I was. <laughs> You know, she gets stabbed. He comes up for you know they were in that camera angle looking up like from Reva's position, and you just see him just like step up next to Vader, like you're like it's me. I'm here. I'm alive. Of course I was. Yeah, and I love how he shouldn't like, have doubted it. He's like revenge is such a great motivator to stay alive, and it's like God damn, is that not like a powerful scene? Um, but. Yeah, that that entire fight I I think is the best. Um, the, uh, callback also also to Force Unleashed, ripping apart a spaceship. Like it tries to take off, he brings it down, rips it apart, and the other one just punches it out of there while he's so distracted ripping apart the other ship. Yeah, I think I think that really um, brings it into the overarching thing of this. Really showed Vader's emotions throughout the series it's a fixation on kenobi yes and it, it threw him off his game um and we're get we're getting to one of the last uh one of the last cameos we'll get to that in a couple of minutes mr evil and car you know evil uh evil envisioned himself but yeah um yeah i mean I loved everything about the ending of that episode. Um, Reva just imagine getting stabbed by the same dude twice in the, the same stomach. spot. Yeah. Like here's, here's one more thing I want to point out though. Vader goes, did you not think I would notice youngling? Do you think the Anakin inside of him knows every single Jedi he killed? I'd, I'd have to imagine. So like, I'm like, Oh, how tormented are you? Is the reason that you keep them all at the Inquisitorium, like, I need them far enough away from me, but also close. Like, I, I, I have to imagine that there's something there. Like, he, yeah, of course, he would probably feel it through the Force. But like I said, when she swings on him, and it's just, he just stops it. And it, it almost, I, it was the perfect amount of Force, if that makes sense, of using the Force. If he would have pulled a Yoda and like turned off her lightsabers and then took them away from her, I'd have been like, okay, that's that's a little bit too strong. Like, you should be that strong. Were you actually a master? But you never got that 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 thing, you know, that 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 right bestowed upon you. Uh oh man. <laughs> Cause that, like that when when you saw Yoda do that, that was the that was the debut episode of the Clone Wars. You saw Asajj Ventress, and you saw Yoda turn off her damn lightsabers. Yeah, and take them away from her before tossing them back to her, and like go back to your master and come fight me when you're a real like. Oh, it was like, and like I, I felt like they were trying to give you that scene again, but also say, but remember, he's not Yoda. No, no, he is not, because that would imply he's a Jedi master. That but would. Anyway. That's my last one. That's my last one on the subject. Nope, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad we got to get a couple in there. Um, and so, 
you know, they end up showing a, a chase scene in space of the of the Star Destroyer chasing the transport that Obi Wan and Leia are, are on. Best chase and, um, scene in all the Star Wars so far, all the all the series. Is. It's the only one that I'm like, oh, this feels like a chase similar to what we saw at the end of uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And hey, hey, Star Destroyers, they aren't slow, man. No. They're they're pretty menacing uh, capital ships, okay? They're among they're among the best in, in the Star Wars canon. Um, you know, it was um it was really interesting to see, you know, Roland knows the the motivator shot. And Kenobi knows that if if they lead Vader away, if they get him just to chase Obi-Wan, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And I love the scene with the Grand Inquisitor on the bridge and, uh, Keno- you know, and uh, Darth saying like, hey, you know, there's this gunship that split off. There's only one life form aboard. And, and Vader's like, oh, no, we're going after Kenobi. But in reality they had the potential to snuff out some of what would become the rebellion. And oh, I think it would have stages. crushed all of it. Yeah. Right. Like right then and there, I mean, they're, it's, it really goes to see how, how, you know, Vader's fixation cost him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't even call it Vader's fixate fixation. It's more of Anakin's, you know? And, and I think that's what really cuts down on on Vader's um, in Vader's, I guess, uh, in his power. You know, so we, you know, Obi Wan leaves Vader away, and of course, Vader does the does the Sith thing, and he's like, "I will face him alone." I mean, at this point, do you really want to try it? Do you? I mean, not even bring the Grand Inquisitor with you. Yeah. Like, come on, Vader. That's not smart. Um, especially because a lot of the times we see Vader, he's with an entourage in the original trilogy. He's always got guys next to him. Typically, it's it's stormtroopers more often than not. But he's a, uh, you know, he's breaking onto the Tantive, had stormtroopers. He's invading Hoth, stormtroopers. Like Vader travels with the posse, so for oh, him to go alone, every time. yeah. So for him to go to alone was just bush league. Come on. You're a Sith Lord, and you and you're doing this childish, uh, this childish thing. At least Count Dooku had those like servo droids with him. Like Count Dooku also had a posse. Like Vader, come on, it's a Sith. It's a Sith code. It's right next to uh, you know, like passion is power. You know, hates the weight of the dark side. Yada yada. It also says you need a posse to look cool. That's in the Sith code. Um, and it it sets the frame for their for their final for their final confrontation um and this is the only problem i had with the uh the finale was there are too many damn planets in the star wars galaxy that you that have a breathable atmosphere yeah <laughs> oh see for all for all intents and purposes that thing was a moon yep i don't know how you guys are just breathing all willy-nilly especially you you know it's just asthma incarnated Vader. Come on. I, uh, you're hundred percent right. Uh, I, th- that is, this is one of the biggest and the gravity is similar to like an earth plant. Yeah, no, it, there are a lot of issues with that. I completely agree. Um, you can just chalk it down to like, eh, it's star Wars. 
yeah, it, it it's the I don't know, it's the force. The force makes planets breathable. Um so I have to say, like, I loved the setting for this planet. It was desolate, it was a rock planet, could have been a mining planet. It felt like a cold version of Mustafar. So I was incredibly excited for that. Um the other thing I was excited for is Uh, the other part that I that I was I was really excited for was uh, bringing back uh, just a repeat of the scene um, that was done well in Rebels with Ahsoka and Anakin and Vader going over each other. The fact that they said, "Hey, we're gonna do the same again. We're just gonna give you Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones," I was like, "This is spectacular." Uh, the face cut, hearing that. The fact that Obi-Wan clearly was just like, nah, motherfucker, I'm going for the life support systems on you. Um, I He was bashing it with the hilt of the saber, too. Yes. Oh, it Which, was pain uh, and being effective. I and that really, that, that also gave us, I think, the strongest we've ever seen Kenobi and will ever see Kenobi. After, after Vader had, you know, gotten the high ground on him. Yep, we we missed probably one of the best scenes. It's like Obi Wan about to, uh, you know, going through his PTSD, uh, hearing like Anakin's turn to the dark side, um, but then being filled with you know images of of Leia and of Luke, and then we really see Kenobi reach his apex, and you know, there's that shot of him with his lightsaber. He's like, you know, he has all of the rocks behind him, and he just starts pelting him pelting vader oh my god i expected the rocks to run out at some point chris and just and they just kept coming he was like i don't know if you've ever seen the specific episode of spongebob it's like during a snow day and and patrick's just wailing on squidward and it's just like an auto cannon it was ridiculous kenobi was throwing (laughs) and honestly that is one of the points of this entire series i have the most issues with um, it, it felt, I That's not like, how the force works. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's always moving rocks. Um, I was like, oh, that's what Ray did. She moved all those rocks. Um, but it, it just felt like, okay, Kenobi now, now, I'm, now you're a little too strong, like Vader ripping down the ship fine, but him picking up all the rock, like him, like taking out uh, a couple rocks and hitting him here and there. Uh, de- like when he's pulling down the one stalactite on him or stalagmite on him and Kenobi's like deflecting it and Vader's like, okay, your strength is back. I'll even give him getting out of the rock pile by just throwing the force out and being like, okay, I can feel it. This is it fully enveloping me, but I would have rather it been more subtlety or like picking up small things here and there and doing it because when he just like brought everything up, I'm like, okay, we're fighting SSJ God Kenobi. And I, I just I had a problem with that simply because like at no other point did that feel viable. Anakin doing that, sure, I'm gonna bring you back to that bridge scene one more time because it was so good. But Kenobi doing that when you see him so many other times, it's he and Anakin are able to do these crazy feats, and you realize, nope, that's Anakin's the reason it's possible. That's the only other point where I'm like, I feel like this was a gross misuse of the force and Kenobi's abilities. 
See, I'm on the exact opposite of um of that spectrum. I loved it. I thought I'm I've always been on the side of Kenobi being a very powerful Jedi. Um gets you know, kicked around a whole bunch. Um but for for the years that that Luke and Leia are growing up, Kenobi's really the last one, you know. Yoda's like smoking ketamine or something on Dagobah doing, you know, frog things. So <laughs> during the entire series, and Kenobi's the last semblance of the Jedi order as it was. And, um, he knew the stakes and mm-hmm. I, I think it just goes back to Obi-Wan having no business defeating Anakin on Mustafar because Anakin was the more powerful Jedi, but he, did what he must. And when when Kenobi says those words, it's it's go time. It's like it's like an un, like a secret power up. Don't ladies and gentlemen, don't face Obi-Wan Kenobi if he says he do he will do what he must because he will do what he must. Um I yeah, I when he fought on Mustafar, and especially when you get that callback to him fighting Anakin and Anakin wanting to win, you're right, he shouldn't have, but he got better positioning. And like I said, to me, it showed that he was, like, Mustafar there, like, and, and hearkening back to, like, going for the high ground was like, okay, I, you're right, in a one-on-one fight, I cannot take you as a fighter, but I can take you as the person that you are. And that's what I liked about Kenobi was that he was he knew his his Padawan, his apprentice so well that he's like, hey, don't try this. I have the high ground. We know how this would end. And Anakin was like, nope, I can do this. And here it was. I'm going to have to fight like now I have to fight you for all stakes out. And it also felt like when he was bashing on him at the hill, I'm like, this isn't Obi-Wan fighting honorably. This is Obi-Wan fighting for everything. This is all the emotion. This is the hurt, the rage. This is all of it coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it had a, a nice, you know, fighting for everything. That's exactly how Ahsoka felt in Rebels mm-hmm. when she was confronting Vader. You know, the only reason she finds out it's truly Anakin is because, you know, Vader's about to end end both Ezra and uh, Kanan's lives, like right then and there. And Ahsoka, you know, like lunges at at him from behind and then gets the mask off. Yeah, um, that's. I guess those are really the only two ways that Vader has ever, you know, has been unmasked. And I I loved how Disney did a great job of, you know of unmasking Vader on, on different sides of the, uh, a different sides of the mask. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like Ahsoka got off, you know, his, his left portion of the mask. And then, you know, Kenobi did the right also gave him that gnarly scar on his head. I thought that was a, that was a nice touch. And I, I like the fact that it's like Luke gets to see, gets to see Anakin Skywalker the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think those were so beautifully done, and I like how it's like, no, these people, 
would have had the greatest influence on my life. So they are the ones that I that that of course can be me and get to see my face. They get to inflict that kind of damage, whereas the others don't get to matter in that way. They're just people to fight. Like when Ezra, it's like, I'm not scared of you. And it's like, you'll die braver than most. Actually, no, you won't. You're going to die like everyone else does. But Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, no, he has history with them and he's going to feel them. And I think it was, uh, executed. And I think, yeah, it it was so well done to harken back and to kind of draw that motif. I can only imagine, um, you know, Filoni. <laughs> it's like that George Lucas uh, quote. It's like it's like poetry because you know it rhymes. <laughs> it's just Dave Filoni following in those in those footsteps. You know, comparing the Ahsoka and Vader scenes, um, or the Ahsoka and Obi Wan scenes with Vader. Um, I wasn't prepared for the imagery and just the the sheer force of of that scene when Vader gets unmasked. And and seeing Obi Wan, just the the look on his face as as Vader's like, "Don't worry, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did." And just like the poor face that Obi Wan has there broke my heart. And he's like, "Well, then I guess my friend is really dead." And then he, he's like, "See you around, Darth," and like, walks away. Oh, just the chills! I was. I was gutted after that. Oh, it hurt. It hurt so it was awful. Um and they did a really great job of of just playing with my emotions during that scene, you know? In I I I actually love that entire sequence. Um I love the fact that uh, he, he just, he leaves him there. He's like, all right. Uh, he goes, you know what? All I wanted to do was see if Anakin was still there. Anakin wasn't. And he's like, I'm not here. He's like, he's like, I, Darth Vader was, isn't worth my time. And he leaves him. Uh, and I think that is, that is truly important, um, that he just like walks away. I personally think that Anakin should have ran or Vader should have ran away at that point. Um, I don't care how against his character. I just like kind of want the Grand Inquisitor to be like, oh, fuck, I need to get you back on the ship because this isn't going to go well for us. Um, but I, I I did like the fact that like, nope, he beats him. He beats him poorly. We get to see both sides of the face and then we get to see like Obi-Wan be like, all right, have a good one, Darth. And just like, won't even call him Darth Vader. Just just says Darth as if it's a throwaway thing, and leaves. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I think it really serves to to solidify uh, Obi Wan's point when you get to the Empire Strikes Back, and he's trying to talk Luke out of redeeming Vader. You know, he's like he's more machine now than man, and it's like, no, Obi Wan really felt that way. You yeah, know, he thought he thought Anakin was gone, and that was that was that was it. I thought that really gave more credence to uh, to how Obi Wan felt in the original trilogy, because you know it always didn't 
lineup for me that, you know, the last time, and this is one of the reasons I really enjoy we got Kenobi, uh, but the last time that Obi-Wan saw Anakin, he was burning alive. Mm-hmm. And they're having this intense emotional scene. But then you fast forward to A New Hope, and it's like, kind of just calm. You know, Obi-Wan's calm. He's ready for this. It's like, after all of that time, you know, I would have expected more emotion in that, like, New Hope scene, which just, it didn't line up. So knowing that this was the last confrontation that they would have um, up until A New Hope, it kind of, it makes sense, you know, because this is the emotional breakdown kind of feeling um, that Obi-Wan's experiencing. It's the halfway point between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Um, and I thought that was also really well done. I, I think you're completely right. I think them the, them being like Disney and like the execution of that being like, okay, uh, Anakin's dead. His quest there was to be like, is Anakin still alive? Can I find him? Can I save him? Nope. He says he killed Anakin. He's no longer responding to that. He's Darth Vader. He kind of absolved me. He's like, I'm not, you know, what you made me like. This is, this is, or he, he literally says like, this is not, you know, of your failures. This is who I am. This is what is left is who I choose to be. And it was like, okay, like this was, this was going, Hey, Obi-Wan, it wasn't that you were a bad teacher. It's that Anakin made poor decisions. And that's what led him here. You can like <laughs> it, it to me, it, it, it absolved a lot of what Obi-Wan did. Um, at the same time of this, I think it also lends credence to the, the ending scene. Um, so I guess we should we should skip because we're we're getting a little bit long here, and I mm-hmm. this is going to be a long one because we're breaking down a lot. But let's talk about the last episode, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the final episode. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so we all think Riva dies. She finds the communicator at which uh, Bail Organa tried to contact Obi Wan, saying, "Hey, no, we said no talking, but it's been so quiet." That if I don't hear from you, I will go to Tatooine to find the boy. And that's when she kind of puts together like Owen, Obi-Wan, and Luke. And her 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 entire ending uh, like ploy is, you're right, I couldn't kill Vader, but I can kill his kid. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like the most dark side thing we're going for here. Okay. And I love how they did a great job of never actually having Luke see who was chasing him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you get to a new hope and it's, he sees the lightsaber for the first time. He's like, Oh yeah. It's like as if an inquisitor didn't chase him into the desert with one, like during his childhood, I'd liked how he, how he was knocked out for that scene. Um, yeah. in with Riva, Riva, I think is the only character that knows so much of the story you know, it's like she knows that Anakin's Darth Vader, which a lot of people, I think maybe outside of Tarkin, didn't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe and maybe Thrawn, probably Thrawn. He was a smart guy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, not only did she know that, but it's like she knew that Darth had a son and a daughter. Well, not a daughter, but a son. Yeah, children, the, the daughter children. was the, the really big one. It's like, I know he has a son and that's... And I, I love the fact that, they, that she became so singularly focused on that that she didn't even think of Leia. 
Yeah, and uh, <coughs> seeing seeing you know, Riva Riva obviously catches up to Luke because uh, unlike earlier in the series, kids can uh, kids don't get away that easily from 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 grownups. His um, his getting farther away, I is more believable because one Riva was already wounded, two mm-hmm. Owen smacked her twice in the same gut ro- wound. And three, Baru also proved that she could throw down if she had to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Owen oh, Baru are dogs. They're <laughs> listen. Like I know they get, <laughs> I get they they get murdered by some stormtroopers later in life, um, but they weren't messing around in Luke's childhood. Yeah, I I I thought it was great. That was also another kind of horrifying scene to watch. Kenobi did the series overall get did a great job of getting. Uh, kind of, kind of thriller horror, you know, horror scenes. Yeah, uh, yeah, thriller. It had some. It had some moments where it's like this is just a scary scene, almost like Aliens. Aliens or Jaws, where it's like it's not a horror movie, but this is a terrifying sequence. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that scene carried so much weight for me, especially with Reba's character, because you see her over you know, over Luke about to do it and she can't, you know, it's one of the nicer redemptions I think we've had uh, for any kind of character because it's a redemption of not wanting to turn into something, you know, not wanting to turn into the trauma that she experienced, which, you know, I don't. I guess I don't see happen a lot in in TV shows and movies, and that was nice to see. Um, I guess like the progression of that happening. What did you think? I I love that her her first coming back was, "Am I him? Like, am I the monster that did things to me?" Um, because we don't know what her past sins are as an Inquisitor. So yeah, not much, not much. Like other than capturing Leia, like I, I like that when she tries to force do the force mind thingy with Leia, Leia literally pushes back and goes, no, like, like to, to me, everything that she did was this, this vengeance. And at the end of the day, she's like, this isn't who I am. Like I'm hurting because my family died. We saw Obi-Wan talking to Leia. Like I was taken from my family. I knew I had a brother. I think I remember my mom, but we really got to see like how the Jedi all felt about being Jedi and this idea of no, the temple became my family. Um, And when she comes back and she's just, she just falls there and she's like, I didn't do it. I like how she's carrying him in her arms and she puts him down and brew and Owen don't even acknowledge them, but she even looks and goes, like, oh, you you love him like he's yours. And Owen goes, he is my son. Like, he is ours. He is our child. Um, and I even like the, the interaction where it's like, oh, uh, they go into the thing to get a speeder belt because Luke broke the speeder belt again. And 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 they're like, your uncle's a patient man. And he's like, not that patient. And it, like there were some there were some instances where it's like he, here's like him struggling with like, OK, this is his kid. But also, there, there's more going on in the universe for him. But I think Reva coming back with him in the arms, they don't say anything to her. They don't, like, scowl at her. 
they just they get Luke and they get Luke to safety and they're like, okay, we're gonna trust Ben to do this. The fact that the Baru was like, hey, we all knew this day might come, goes in and goes, hey, by the way, I've been saving some blasters. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, okay. Hey, Baru gonna go a, hard. Baru's a real down to Tatooine girl, okay? <laughs> yeah. And I honestly the fact that they were like, hey, the Tuscans are on the hunt again. So we've established that we know Tuscan Raiders hunt and they do that, so Luke would have some experience to this. He, and they're like, what's the rule? Um, you know, remember if something happens, hide. If not, run. And they did, like, I was like, oh, for, for Luke trying to get away, everything made more sense than when Leia was kidnapped. Like, it felt like they learned so much from that one chase scene. And they gave it to me here to where Luke gets to the canyon and he's walking up there. And, and, and then, like, he slips and falls and makes noise because he's a kid. And that's how he gets captured. I thought all of that was fantastic. I think her coming back, like I said, cannot be stated enough that her coming back and going, am I him? Like, not Anakin, not Darth Vader, just him, and we all know what she means, but she doesn't Does she doesn't say both. And instead, Obi-Wan goes, no, you chose not to go down that path. You get to be your own person from here on out. And it just to show uh, a larger lesson for all of us in life is that no matter how far down a bad path you are, you can always turn away from it. You know, you don't, you can't change the past, of course, but you can choose to do the right thing at any time. There's your, there's your lesson out there for, yeah. uh, for tonight. Everybody. You can, yeah, you can also become someone new. All right. And that leaves the door open for us to see Reva too in the future, which, uh, you know, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed Moses Ingram's, uh, you know, portrayal of her too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought she did a phenomenal job. So, uh, before, before we get to the, the ending real quick, because, uh, I feel like we'll sign off with the actual end of the series. I think the inquisitors are just the way of getting around the rule of two. They're not actually apprentices. They're not actually Sith. They're just these like kind of force sensitive people. And I think that's why they can have so many inquisitors. Like, if Vader were to die, one of them could be tapped to be, you know, the new Darth. But I think it's just like that. It's like the minor league where it's like, yeah, maybe you can get tapped to be up, but you can be sent back down. Just yeah, no, I, <laughs> there's always rules to get around the rule, too. It was it was pretty well done. All right. Ending sequence time. I think Whip. this ending sequence, you're right. It is the best send off and sign off of any uh, any Star Wars so far, any miniseries, and probably any of the movies. I think it should have been a two part ending sequence, though. Why do you think that? Okay, so ending sequence, guys. Uh, Obi Wan packs up his stuff and leaves, and he he packs up his stuff and leaves, and uh, you see him like folded up. He leaves like uh, his he leaves like a small box there. And then he stops by to see uh, Ben and or he stops by to see Luke and Owen and Owen goes, what are you doing here, Ben? You said and he goes, and I will. I wanted to let you know that I was leaving. Um, you're right. He needs to be a boy. It's the best thing for him. So that way he can become his own person. And it, it, he says so much. He needs to be a boy. This is I need to let Luke grow up. Luke make his own choices. Luke decided to do this and let him have a personality because that was a huge problem of the Jedi Order. He doesn't have to say it, but we know that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. 
and he says, I'll see you around. And he goes to leave. And Uncle Owen goes, hey, Ben, would you like to meet him? So he grabs the model that we see Luke playing with that was thrown back at him early on. And he walks back up to him and Luke stands up and we get it. And we get hello there. Oh, God, the fucking line. That it should have cut right to credits there. We should have gone through the entire credits, right? The credits should have started rolling. And then when you sit through the credits, the screen slowly comes back in and you get your bonus scene. It made more sense for Qui-Gon to show up as a bonus scene than it does how it happened. How it happened. Two-part ending. Really, I was... I, I'm inclined to agree with you there, too, because, you know, the entire time I was watching it, I was waiting for Qui-Gon. I was like, we're getting really under the wire here, you know, with just the, the timing. Um, because it was just, he showed up in the last 45, I think he had 45 seconds of screen time. Yep. Screen time with that. Yeah, that would have been a fantastic way to end it. But <sighs> if only getting to see Qui-Gon, getting to see Liam Neeson back again um with his few lines of dialogue was such a treasure though so here's here's the other question i'm gonna pose for you mm-hmm. could it be the entire episode the series was going like master qui-gon i could use your guidance master qui-gon master qui-gon master qui-gon at no point did i ever feel like he ever contacted him before that moment in the entire nine years he'd already been there 10 years he'd already been there like Yoda taught that to him, he gets there and he can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads him to also just working. Like he's so disconnected from the force that he can't do this training. He's only kind of like haphazardly doing it in bed at night, like kind of mm-hmm. like asking for a sign rather than actually doing the Jedi thing. Yeah. And training and meditating on it. And- yeah. Yeah. Also makes me wonder if Qui- you know, Qui-Gon's just been playing him. Yeah, just exactly like that. Qui-Gon never actually picked up. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing Forest Ghost things, you know? They don't tell they don't tell you about the <laughs> about the Forest Ghost life. It it also felt like this was Dave Filoni going like, Hey, do you guys remember when I directed Legend of Korra the first season? <laughs> Boom, right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've always been here. <laughs> you um, got your force back. Bam, I'll give you here here, here you go. Here here's your here's your force ghost powers. And I will say my this is favorite way to end it off. You know, it's like they got they they're going toward the uh, toward the canyon, and um, I could only imagine, <laughs> you know, Obi Wan's on this long journey to his hut on the other side of the Dune Sea, and, uh, and Qui Gon's just sitting there next to him. <laughs> Obi Wan's asking questions, so they're like, "It's like, huh, what have you been doing the last like fifteen years? Like, Force ghost stuff." <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. It's like, all right, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it was it was so nice to see Liam Neeson back in in the role as Qui Gon, especially because he's been lying about it the entire like, you know, well he lied about being in the show up until he he said he didn't, he hadn't even been like contacted from anybody at Disney, but you know you got to get a way to get Liam Neeson back. Yeah. Um, overall impressions of Kenobi though, like how would you rate it out of ten? Ooh, out of ten. Um, uh, kind of do my 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 like seven rating. Um, out of ten, I'd give it a st- and and this is purely going to be um, pacing and uh, like some of my own personal. I'd give it a seven out of ten. 
really interesting. Yeah. The, the the detractors I have are are big enough that I'm like your amazing ending, your your like dialogue, all that stuff, I think the detractors are just a little too high. And that's why I go down to a seven. But. I think I think I'm in the eight and a half range. Um but also I'm extremely biased because it's Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor in a in a TV show that we get to see. Yep. Uh I give it an eight and a half, though, because I think the ending of it is so well done um, that honestly, let's let's be real. If you were to cut some of the fat and release this as a movie, it would be one of the best Star Wars movies out there. Ten out of ten. Um, so I guess I just view it more of like, let's call it the Filoni cut. <laughs> so because you get that fat. Mm hmm. Um, I think because you can cut it into a movie and it would be a 10 out of 10, that warrants the 8.5 rating. Because you still have all those scenes to make it great, but sure, there are some detractors. I personally don't think that they're big enough for me to lower it at all. I can see that. I, I can see that if it was a movie and it was it was trimmed up, yes. Um, like I said, it was just it was some, of, some of the sequences for how good everything else has been were so glaring that I was like, it, it it just it took it down just, just a, a bit just right. enough yeah but hopefully winners you all enjoyed that um let us know what you think in the comments below i hope you enjoy this movie long cast of uh our spoiler cast of kenobi um probably should do one for the bad batch when we get there too so look look forward to these I, i've been having fun talking about like these these nerdy things hey that is that's what i'm here for I am the uh, <laughs> proprietor of all things nerdy. <laughs> all things nerdy and most things Star Wars. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I, I look forward to doing some more of these. Um, don't forget, guys, you guys can follow find this on all of your streaming platforms of choice, uh, as well as the channel uh, Monday Monday and Wednesday for Mr. and Mrs. Play, Tuesday, Thursday uh, for uh, will be Mr. Play for a hot minute of some hardcore mecha, and then Fridays will be the continuation of Republic Commando, so you guys can get some more Star Wars goodness in there. Remember, you're all winners out there. Keep it weird, and have a fantastic rest of your night, everybody. Nice.